Hello, friends. Nico here from the Geek Cast Live, and you are proudly listening to the Movie Podcast Network. Hey there, Cartoon Joe here. If you like what we do, head on over to Patreon.com for special extras and crispy num-nums that you can get for just a few dollars a month. That's Patreon.com slash GeekCastLive. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or YouTube or follow us on SoundCloud. Be sure to comment, like, review, leave cynical comments, or call Nick mean names. He likes when you do that. Like books? Hate to read? Have ears? Like to listen? Well, we have a solution. Audible.com, where there's over like a million or something books that you can listen to with your ears. Go to audible.com slash geekcastlive for a nice kick in the pants. We'll do it live! It's a trap! Welcome to Excuse me while I whip this out. Of the GeekCast Live podcast. Where do I remember that? GCR and with me as always. Rob Bass. It's Nico. Cartoon Joe. And one other guest at the top of the hour from the Sci-Fi podcast. Our good friend and maybe the most luscious man to be on our podcast. Interesting. Luscious is good. Um, I'd, I'd allow it. You're, you're supposed to let him say his own name there, guy. Oh. Sorry. I used to dance under the name Luscious. <laughs> <laughs> like it was on a banner somewhere in your house? Or, uh, or no, this 15 like, years this of his life. Singles, singles everywhere. <laughs> I was whipping him out. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go wash my car and paint singles. I mean, it was awesome. What was the name <laughs> of the club? The name of the club? Mm-hmm. Uh, dirty that, ranchers, they, the dirty ranchers. Dirty, yeah. dirty ranchers. <laughs> it was that's, all assless chaps everywhere you look. <laughs> that's that's a great name for a club. Not not assless chaps, meaning the men there had asses. We all know what we're doing. We would twerk with the best of them. But and this was pre twerk years, right? Civil War twerking, even. I don't even know what that means, but I want you to think about what second that's like an early show title, like an antebellum twerk. Exactly. <laughs> Like, sorry, a very, very, very conservative twerk. A pre-antebellum conservative twerk job. It was right. more of a hip shuffle, even, really. It wasn't a yeah. boot scoop boogie, but it was damn close. Twerking showing minimum ankles. Yeah, some ankle. You got to give the customers a little bit. To, you know, they get those gold coins, they would bite them, and you make them bite them. <laughs> and then you put it, your gun right there on the hip, and you just kind of, you know, you can't see it right now, but you can probably feel what I'm doing, right? Absolutely. I think I saw this in an episode of Westworld. (laughs) I definitely saw that in uh, in Jonah Hex Part Two, um, also known as the Dark Tower. Oh God! Jonah Hex Part Two still upset? Yeah, that's (laughs) yes. (laughs) Upsetter. I love. There was one too many ERs there. Nope, that's exactly what I meant. I love the idea of of a dude. Fighting the gold coin first to prove to you that it's real gold. 
Well, you had to do that because there was those guys that give you those little those uh, chocolate monies, and you're like, get the fuck out of here with that. But then you proceed to bite the other money. half of the coin and eat it. Oh yeah, you I mean, it's free chocolate. <laughs> Uh, get the fuck out of here with that he said. that's some blue bunny stuff I mean you, if it <laughs> you eat the blue bunny you know which was the, the name of the, the club I've, I've been asked. saying that for years <laughs> if somebody offers you the blue bunny you eat it yeah absolutely that's ever but not the red the bunny right that's Morpheus said mm-hmm. Mor- never yeah, eat Mor- the red bunny don't eat the red bunny John Goodman <laughs> is in this Kevin Bacon movie I was looking at the cast of your little Jones. shit show there. It's it's pretty decent. I believe there's a Garrett Headland. There ought to be if there isn't already. He, uh, he played Doctor or Captain James Hook in uh, last year's <laughs> shit show Pan. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so bad. That gets me every fucking time. I'm I am. <laughs> So powerless bad. to resist it when you fucking <sighs> get on your pan grind. I fucking, I've never seen. And I'll tell you, I. Isn't that the awful one where they also decided to just like break into song and it's Nirvana? All of a sudden, <sighs> all of a sudden, the worst Hugh Jackman ever is singing fucking. Smells like Teen Spirit on a fucking airship. And Wait, did this happen? Yes, I you know I don't know if I'm actually in my full right mind here, so I can't tell if this is uh, just, an just in, induced let it, let it wash thing. over you, man. Let it wash I, over you. Here's a question: so you, when, when is the last time Pan didn't suck? Any any iteration? I when it was it a was labyrinth. Ooh. That's a good, well played, Nick. Good answer. Well, well played, indeed. Not bad. I was going to say when it had pots with it. Uh-huh. I like That's that too. Like also man. good, strong. By the way, Ry, that Hugh Jackman is the Hugh Jackman that, that boarded fucking Arya Ash's ship in two episodes ago. That was the one that came down in his singing <laughs> year on eye patchlessness. That's the one I was telling you about. That Hugh Jackman. <laughs> he uh did you did you hear the uh this show so far is totally random and baseless. But did no, you? Here. We've got Rob's here. Yeah. Did you? Oh, that's true. My bad. All episodes. All about did the you base. read the the uh, article where uh, the guy who plays Euron in the show? What's his name? Like some kind of ass pants or something? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like Pilau Assback or something. Right, Assback. I knew it was something. Pilaf Assback. I knew it was. I knew it was some kind of rice and some kind of fucking like. Bad Nordic death pants. Human. Rough. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Anyway, he uh, decided that he, he told the he told Benny Off and Weiss basically like, uh, "Hey, I want to take the character in a different direction. I want him to be a rock star, <laughs> and I want him to like wear leather, and I want him to like." And they they were like, "Hey, that sounds that sounds swell. Let's do that. Like th- this isn't the, the this whole take on Euron this season." That is the the actor wanting to separate himself from all the other villains that have been on the show. Like Joffrey and Ramsey were like kind of the same. I want to be completely different. I want to be a rock star. I want to wear this leather fucking vest. You know what that is? That's a that's a shove it right in 
George RR's bunghole. That's a that's a George take off your Mariner's hat, shit in it, and put it back on your head. That's, that's the only thing that would be for is a spite it, move. It, it wounds me that they decided that he specifically decided that he wanted to take Euron Greyjoy, who I would describe as one of the more unique and interesting antagonists in the Game of Thrones series for what little you see him in it, uh, and turn him into Billy Idol. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not yeah, only that, is, but we're, we're gonna we're gonna take Victarion, who's also an interesting character, and we're gonna do some fucking fusion like, hot mashup. Well, Whatever you just said was better well, than what I said. So go back. <laughs> to be uh, fair, the only way I got my wife was I told her I'm gonna be a rock star now, and I want to wear leather. She took me assless, so seriously after that. <laughs> Before that, she was like, I can't date this guy. He's like 5'5". Five, five. I'm not. I'm a little taller. And I was like, that's bullshit. You seen me in leather? And she was like, now it's on. Well, you. <laughs> it's a game changer. I, I own nothing leather. So your, sw- your swag is assless rock star swag? That's when you really get your... Sackless you got it. swag. So I, when they're sackless leather like that, it, just, it hangs out. It takes a it hangs lot out of balls it gets to go sackless, I've always Two said. Two balls. Two balls, actually. <laughs> I'm using my hands to mimic the area, so it looks. There's like a, a lot of uh, there's a lot of backdraft situations in your attire. I'm, yes, I'm absolutely. Like, I don't even know what that means, but it's true. Like with oh, bowl? you you know. Well, it's sackless Back, and ass. Backdraft, so like, like, like that documentary yeah. with Baldwin. That was a documentary, right? Thirty uh-huh. Rock. That really did. That really it's did. fire. No, not Thirty Rock. You're thinking of uh, you're thinking of uh, the wrong Baldwin. Uh, right. We're talking about That's, Billy. Third Third Rock is Thirty Rock is probably my well Third Rock as well. Those are probably my favorite documentaries that have been on the last thirty okay. years. I do like them. Yeah. Who's Very the Who's the other Who's the fourth Baldwin brother? The one we don't speak of. Daniel. Mm. Is it Steven. Adam? Is it Adam? No, Adam's awesome. Is it yeah, William Adam? then? Adam's from Firefly. Oh, it is Daniel. It is Daniel. Daniel was in Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman. Ah, the, mm-hmm. the fun oh, he, bald one. Uh, he's the oldest one, right? Yes. You, and you, then there's yep, uh huh, Alex and Pedro, and then William, and then the other guy, Joe Estevez. Stephen Baldwin is the one that was in Usual Suspects and is a huge Trump supporter. Ah, and then, he's dead to me. And then, he's he's just a weirdo in general. And it's fucking something about Mary Chompers. Fuck you, Stephen Baldwin. Billy Baldwin is really, he is like uh, the guy when it comes to high school and collegiate and Olympic wrestling. He brings a sliver of thought to me, and I can't think of what it is. Mm. He, uh... Maybe the movie Sliver? Could be. I was waiting for everybody else to pick up on it. Or Fatliners? No, Flatliners. That's the one. Flatliners sounds better. Can we talk about the remake of Flatliners before we segue into our... No, 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 no. We're not going to speak of that. (laughs) But they got that idiot to play the girl in it. Which one? I don't know. The one that looks like she's perpetually 14. Ellen Page? Yeah, yeah. that one. That's it. Wow. Well done. I'm I'm having one of those days. (laughs) It's well done. Well played. Kevin Bacon just did a uh, like load up for war montage in this movie. Now he just okay. bought a bunch of guns and owner's manuals for the guns from John Goodman, and uh, and he just shaved his head 
put on his dead son's leather jacket, and now he's walking into uh, some sort of boarding house with a, a double barrel shotgun. Is it as cheesy as it sounds, or is he going to wreck some shit? I'm guessing. Well, this Can is I... the first time he's fought with a with a gun. Uh, he he stabbed a guy with a knife he brought from his garage, and then he killed one dude um, by uh, putting him in a car and then pushing the car off the top of a parking garage. Oh. And uh, and then um, when you thought um, he was just going to start picking these guys off one by one, uh, this gang of hoodlums, uh, they broke into his house and then killed his wife and his other son. Hmm. Is this and, John uh, Wick 3, Sean Wick? It's Sean Wick. <laughs> Sean Wick. And his lesser-known brother. Chadwick. He just, yeah. Yeah. He just Chadwick. ran into an apartment and slipped and fell on some trash. <laughs> So he fell on himself. He's just getting his sea legs under him in the vengeance He really game. is. He's not quite a vigilante yet. He's getting there, though. Oh, but now he's got like a, like a fucking cult python in a dude's mouth. Oh, don't hit him with it. Shoot him. <laughs> uh, John, John, Wick, John Wick is a whole other topic we could talk about. I'm, a, I'm an advocate. I am so. a huge advocate. Yeah, but it sounds to me let's not lump Kevin Bacon in there with my man reborn Keanu. No, it sounds like Kevin Bacon is still suffering from the tragedy at the waterfall from Whitewater Summer. Probably. (laughs) Which I have a VHS copy signed by Sean Austin, for what it's worth. Really? Wow. Saucy. Yeah, and he he like started tearing up when I handed it to him. He's like, no one owns this movie. And I (laughs) thought, well, it's because they've seen it. But I own, it, I own it, Sean. I'm your little toy soldier, buddy. Wow. <laughs> Rob laughing doesn't get the reference. Ouch. How dare you? you I don't. Oh, we no, dare. Not even a little bit, but I <laughs> like. I enjoyed the reference. There's a movie that you should watch with Sean and Aston in it called Toy Soldiers. Ah. That's a uh, that's a fun one. Wait, wasn't that what the like the the weird like Gorgamels or whatever the shit they were called? Nope. The you're thinking, you're, nope. You're thinking of small. Oh my god, he just blew that guy's face clean off. You're gonna have to stop live tweeting this fucking. Guy. We're watching something very focus. different. Yeah, because <laughs> I just saw Josiah Skurlock get beer poured on him, and Chavez E. Chavez is like, "What are you doing here, Tenderfoot?" So we're watching a very different. Young movie. Guns too. That's right, baby. Attaboy. Wow. The return Dave of Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh. Yeah. He's going to go down and take the old Blackbird down to Old Mexico. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. This movie is so much better than all of the pudding I've ever had. At, like, combined in a single bowl. <laughs> I can't really argue with you. I can't either. I was trying to think, would I rather have all of the pudding I've ever ate? Think about it. There's good pudding out there. Rice pudding. Some excellent tapioca. Yeah. Yeah, but we're talking about Chavez E. Chavez. Which is a great name. So he's in that movie time. Bats, which that, was filmed like a We could argue this here. on another show, but as far as like Mount Rushmore's of, of total cast billing, character name and and actor, I think the Young Gun series makes my top four. It, yeah. There there's not a shitty character name in the bunch. Pat Garrett. But he's got those sweet mutton chops to make up for it. Yes, he does. And he was a real guy, so you know you can't give him too much grief. Buckshot Rogers. That's Buck Rogers. 
No, you're, you're thinking century. of the six million dollar man. No, that's Roy Rogers. <laughs> oh, you're oh. thinking you're thinking of Bonanza. No, no that's Roger that Daltrey. Roger Daltrey. Yep, from from uh, the Guess Who. Yes, yeah. American Woman. By that nice fellow with the dreadlocks, Leonard Kravitz. Leonard. Uh. <laughs> I will play this game until everyone hates me. I'm sorry, dude. No, this is you, a great You game. have no idea what you just walked into, Frank. <laughs> this is this is. I think I thought we created this game. Apparently, Matt's been playing on his own across the United States. Did we For give him the license I, though? Did he pay the membership to. fee? I think I'm a card carrying member. I oh, stole, uh, stole we, it. You, you actually you playing. got me with the Leonard Kravitz because that that I, I do love the. Uh, um. Guru John Hansen name drops there. That's fantastic. I can't believe that that guy ruined such a great song, sung by a Canadian, by the way, in the Guess Who. The dude from the Guess Who sounds like he's been smoking and drinking as long as smoking and drinking has been a thing. And Leonard Kravitz <laughs> is like, My pants are so leather. Mac right. You know, and he's like, Lisa It sounds, it sounds like a guy who's getting his testicles squeezed by his trousers. You know, when Lisa Bonet leaves you, for Aquaman or, you know, Cy Drogo, whatever you want to call him. Uh, well, that's probably been one up in the man department a billion times. Yeah, you got to tuck your tail and go back and film another Hunger Games at that point. Was he in the Hunger Games? Yes. Lenny Kravitz? Yeah. Uh, the only yeah, Hunger Games I've seen was The Dark Tower. He, he was the one wearing a lot of man eyeliner, I think. I thought that was Jennifer Lawrence. Ah. Easy, easy. Uh, she she may have a bigger slag than Leonard, but that's neither here nor there. I think it's there. Well, Leonard dropped slag at a concert. You guys have surely heard that. Well, that's his. That's his mo. Yeah. His leather pants broke open at the seams, and his wang burst loose. And he just kept on going because he was playing his swan well, he's song. A, he's a to be fair, everybody wang chungs at his shows. I said, uh, I said, I also, they, they, ha, they do have fun tonight. I prefer to Connie Chung at shows, but Wayne Chung works. I, I saw a shirt today that said, surely not everyone was Kung Fu fighting. <laughs> <laughs> they were, and don't call me Shirley. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Nice. Hey, let me ask you a question there, Nick. Hmm. Do you like movies about gladiators? Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Yes. I had that conversation with uh, one of my co-hosts on We Deal in Lead about how I've seen a surprisingly large number of men naked. Not at once, but in all the showering I've done from soccer and sports. It is a I've dubious claim. I've been in the same area as a lot of naked men. That's a lot of Wayne Chung. Yeah, I've probably <laughs> Wayne Chung inadvertently more than I really would ever want to talk about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's as long as you don't wank tongue, you're good. It's a thing that happens <laughs> as a kid growing up playing sports. You end up uh, naked with a lot of other men. Yeah, or as like a guy that just strolls as into a kid a playing, playing a lot of sports. You end up naked with a lot of men. Ryan, I feel like there's some really suppressed <laughs> shit that we need to delve into really quick. Just go to his uh, blog page. It's all there was a guy in high school that was on some sports teams with me who liked to um, break dance in the middle of the shower. Mm. That's, that's a lot. That's a, that's a lot to unpack there. 
<laughs> he got he got peed on a lot. <laughs> You'll have that. Yikes! But that's not that's not my fault. <laughs> I feel like I've learned more about you in the past thirty seconds than I have the like last <laughs> six or seven years that I've known you. There's a certain inherent risk in getting on your back in a shower. I think, <laughs> especially one that's like. Uh, uh, a shower that's like uh, 18 foot by 18 foot square, one way in, one way out, and there's 30 shower heads. Hey, I need you guys to slow down. I'm taking notes for my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking See, about, I'm really not that bad. Go <laughs> wang gauntlet. Ooh, good wang. segue. Yeah. Speaking about getting pissed on by other men, uh, let's let's R. talk Kelly? about the, let's talk about the golden shower we received from Akiva Goldsman and Ron Howard. Ah, that was one of the best. I like Lonely That steaming had. pile of opie. I'm still waiting for that to not drop on me. It's it was incredible. That was such a good segue. I can feel about. myself writing it down the street. You read Dianetics? <laughs> I have read Dianetics actually. L. Ron Howard Hubbard. Close. Nick, you don't you know my dirty secrets. You're, you're thinking of the guy who directed Apollo 13. Oh no, that's uh, Opie Taylor. Now you're thinking of Chuck Taylor, the semi-professional wrestler. No, I have his shoes. They're Nikes. They say they say Michelle Jordan on them. I don't know who she. No, no, was. no. The, the ones, the team. ones with the the ones with the pumps on the front. Those were the Moses Malones. Yeah, LA when gear, I believe he closed his eyes when he dunked when he played for the Boston Celtics. You're thinking of they called of. of yeah, you're you're thinking of of downtown Georgia Brown. Oh yeah, my favorite part of that song is when Ray Charles sings it with his eyes open. Wasn't Stevie Stan Wonder Greer in that? Uh, yeah, the Wonder Years are part of it, but I mean that's been a long time. Michael Savage. Speaking of Fred Savage, friends from college. Spe- speaking of Michael we, Savage, we, we, we might. He's not allowed in England anymore. Who isn't allowed in England anymore? Michael Savage. Tom Savage. Michael Savage? No, no Michael Savage. No, Actually, Michael, Michael Landon. Savage. Because he's rest in peace. Oh. <laughs> you, no, you're, you're, yeah, he just uh, he just died this week, I think, a couple weeks ago. He's like 95 years old. No, Michael he, Landon. Who was in Bonanza, by the way? If you want to bring it full circle. Yeah, like oh, like the like the Bonanza song, uh, "Cruel Summer." <laughs> Oh, that was that's, nice. That's the that, that was nice. He got me. He got me with <laughs> Leonard good. Kravitz and with that. With Bananarama. Because that whips you right around to the fact that the Karate Kid has a stupid sequel coming out. I hope it's good. Wait. It won't be. The one with uh, with Bow Wow in it? No. No, no, no. no. The one with, with Daniel LaRusso, bro. I went to Italy with a guy named Dan Russo. Really? Was he one of the brothers? Scott mm. Bale? Oh, once I met him at the Mirage in Vegas, he was a total dick. Hey, hey, Charles, can I have your autograph? My name's Scott. Okay, <laughs> I'm 11, you. dude. Fuck you, your name's oh, Scott. You're in charge of my days and my nights, yeah. and you won't even sign sing this Sing the song, me? too, you fucker, and then oh, sign I my fucking jacket. Sing it right at his face. <laughs> Screw you, I'm 11, he says. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think, I think I asked for Nicole Agat's number, but that didn't happen either. Oh, it's a nice funny. Nicole Eggert drop. 
for those of us over 30. Well, she's on the cover of the first Sugar Ray album, if you must know. That's obscure. Buy it for no other reason. Because that album's good. Back when they were heavy metal. You're thinking of Janine Lindmuller, and it was Blink-182. No, I, I Turk-182 is a good movie, but that's not what I was thinking of. Speaking of Ron Howard, <laughs> to bring it full circle. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, go ahead. That was all I had. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to... I was just... I was he was just spray painting a bunch of American graffiti over it. <laughs> you should have went from Blink-182 to the taking of Pelham-123. That's where I would have gone with it. But then what? it goes to Beastie Boys lyrics. Right. So, and then from right. there we can't, it, then it's just a big, we just get stuck in a flute loop. There's no... Yes. A fl- I hate when I'm that in a flute loop. beautiful, by the way. Did you like that? I loved it. Yeah. I was very happy with it myself. It was cute. So, who's been to the movies lately? Well, we've all been to the movies. Uh, Nick, did you get a chance to see Dark Tower? I did. I was. Uh, did. I, I was way pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so well, much. I also saw it, and I fucking hated it. Yep. How? Because he has uh, a soul. Let me count Who the said ways. That? Which of you fuckers I said, said that? that? I said that. I'm the guest. I say whatever I want. I'll back his play. Matt, I, stole, I actually stole your line for MPW this week. Um, it was uh, it was it was made by MTV. The movie. Yes, <laughs> that sounds about right. That is a very apt description. And and the other thing I brought up on MPW that I wanna I wanna bring up here because I didn't get, uh, not that I didn't get any play for it there, but I think I was the only one who felt that way. Yeah, you gotta you gotta pinch it off on MPW. I felt, um, frauded. I felt like someone perpetrated a fraud on me, and yeah. I was their I was their victim because never was it, uh talked about or presented on television to me in any sort of way that this was a young adult uh, adventure. Um, And I got to the theater and it was absolutely that. And I feel like someone, uh, I feel like they, they took my money uh, unwittingly. Mm -hmm. Am I the only one that feels that way? No, none of the marketing showcased this as a young adult uh, uh, property at all. None of it. And for anyone even mildly or remotely familiar with the the source material, these books should know that young adult concepts, uh, the young adult genre or the young adult feel, if you will, and you will, uh, none of that is even remotely invested in this story. This is one of the most mature stories that fiction has produced in our lifetime. Yes. And so to, to take it and to give it that slant, to, to make it about Jake and not Roland, was the, the most bizarre, swift kick to the nuts with a clown shoe I've ever had. Well, I, I'd like to hear Joe's thoughts on it. Uh... 
I would, I would agree to. with everything that's said uh, with the addition of they didn't have any idea who their audience was. Um, they made it they made it a young adult movie, but then they had every reference they could possibly fit in their little basket of references that no teenager uh, who would be instantly hooked by Hunger Games had, would ever get. Yeah, they're playing both their audiences. They're doing the uh, the homage to the to the book purist while doing a uh, a, I a nice reimagining of of the oh, source material. And, homage and is a strong a word for, for flipping me the bird for ninety five minutes. Nick, if I may, have you ever been you to may. a party and you've got a drunk friend who's talking to a girl and then talking to you and thinks that he's so successfully navigating it that he's going to get an award afterwards? That is this the, movie. This movie is trying to convince the readers of the books and the young girl who just bought her first movie ticket on her own that they are all going to be happy with what they are seeing. And it is bullshit. But if his game is fly enough, well, you know? It's, it's really fly. To, in his mind, it's the most fly thing in the world. Because he said, I just removed my thumb in front of this girl and she thought it was the coolest trick in the world. And then he turns <laughs> to you and he's like, did you see what I just did for that girl? She's totally into it. And well, everyone how many, how many, except for how, this guy is thinking, this is the... Why did he cut his thumb off? He's bleeding shit. all over everyone. That's exactly right. But if you've had enough beers... I no, have plenty of beers. don't allow beers in young adult. It's fresca. Mm. You got me there. I, I usually like to get them slickered. I would like to here say, there. even with many a beer, it did not make the movie better. Well, all right, so what, uh, what's, many what did a beer. you... Speaking more to Joe and Rob, you know, what did you not like? I kind of figured it would have it would have hit home. No, and, uh, entertainment wise. Uh, what did I, what did it, I not it like hooks about you it? right away. I mean, uh, the plot. They they yeah, I, I enjoyed everything about it except for the plot and the characters, and I feel like that's a recurring theme with movies that I've seen lately. Right. It gets like, into the relationship between Roland and Jake. I mean, it kind hardly. of make, makes it. Hardly. They spend five minutes staring longingly at a can of Coke that was obviously covered up by Idris Elba's big mitts. There may have been some strategic marketing there, but still, I mean, it, it, it allowed <laughs> no, their No, it was, it was like strategic anti-marketing. Coca-Cola paid them to not have him show it on camera. They pulled the same stunt in Buffy season two and three. It also well, set up... Judgy. It also set up to me one of the single most obvious like uh, anachronisms uh, I can think of in the movie where the dude doesn't know what sugar is, right? But he knows that if he picks up the propane tank and throws the propane tank at the hoodlums and then shoots the propane tank, it's going to explode. It it makes no sense to me how he But he, he's that, a professional. He's a it. professional fighter i mean he's got some innate knowledge of just yeah, how badass of, com of, of compressed gases and how they work whenever they're getting shot at i think he could innately have that that's okay well Nick, this is fun just in, in midworld so it does but it's not propane no or propane accessories so hey nick do you mind if i ask yes, you a sir. question you ever fire your, to your tone implies that i'm going to mind yeah, I know. <laughs> Have you ever fired a weapon before? Fired a gun? Uh, just that one time at Boy Scout camp, and they sent me home. 
<laughs> yes, I've fucking fired well, weapons. You never know. I, I'm, a, I'm, a gun, I'm a gun owner, right? I, I'm not a crazy... As, as is everybody <laughs> on this call, except for Joe, because the Lord forbid. But... Yep. My Lord made my guns. But that's not the point. Um, have Anna? you ever swung your arm? Yes. Have you ever swung your arm around in a full arc to shoot somebody? Um... Probably not, right? Because I don't think that's happened to you. I don't think you've killed anybody. I don't think you've shot it. Maybe you have. Maybe you and I need to have a great conversation about that because that sounds interesting. And I've just created something that probably doesn't exist. When when Roland the gunslinger swings mm-hmm. his his arm all the way around to shoot at the man in black, that is exactly what someone at MTV thought. You know what looks cool when people do with guns? Things that you would never do in real life because if yeah, you yeah, that's because they're trying to bring the sci-fi slant to it and do the like I, fucking the Tai Chi pistol deal. Which I will, I, I will I, say I actually I thought, thought that looked cool. Ridiculous. I think physics needs to take a back seat to entertainment in in this vein. Well, may, and it's not that I don't agree with you, but the point is, is that that was like the the recurrent theme when he dives and aims his guns out like he's pulling a uh, like a neo or something it's like a, it's uh, absolutely a wrong. leap of faith in assassin's creed which, yes, which brings exactly. to another point to just how much the original matrix has influenced action scenes over the, the subsequent oh, 15 years so um, much is a whole nother topic back to keanu john wick hashtag much love um <laughs> you're right so though, i think yeah. When did when did that. Walter when did Walter the Man in Black when did he become like a, a technomancer? That's another I don't understand. When, when that's he that's the part of the reimagining for the contemporary audience. You know, they they need to put it in some some sort of language that uh, that your target audience is going to absorb. Technomancy? So yeah. Well, who is the not? target audience? They didn't uh, know. Not, not, I, I'm guessing the target audience is non-book purists and uh, in young free spenders. That's that's like. <sighs> Let me tell you, uh, only one one group of those people was in the theater with us, and there were maybe ten people in our theater. Well, I thought it was packed. I mean, the crowd loved it. <laughs> and then they got their juice boxes and went home. <laughs> that's judgy there was a, if I recall there was a fairly wide diversity there was some folks of various ethnic backgrounds and such can we uh, also talk about the the overuse of stop breathing <laughs> I disagree it, Stop you, wanted, you wanted more of it. <laughs> I thought, yeah, because I thought that was different. I thought that was something. When was the last time you saw like a stop Dark breathe, City? Sleep. Antihero. Oh. Darth Vader did something similar a while ago. No, in Dark City, you know, when the guy's like, sleep. <laughs> Mr. Hand or Mr. Quick or whatever. <laughs> they pull that Mr. crap all the time. Quick hand. Uh, Any time in Star Trek when Spock is on screen and needs to neutralize an enemy? Yeah, yeah but he has to actually touch him and put hands on him to do that. Fair. I'll, I'll, I'll side with you on that, though, uh, Nick. I think that's actually kind of cool. I don't mind that. Um, it's it's out outlier from the book. It doesn't make any sense, but I don't mind it. 
I felt but, like uh, I, I did, I did such mind, a minor I say, grievance. I, I did mind the constant, my magics don't work on him. Oh, like yes. he's the, uh, the, the Native American from Night Vale using his Indian magics to track Carlos <laughs> into the city underneath lane five of the bowling alley. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, they used the, wor- the word magics suggests that this was written by somebody who loved the first book of Harry Potter in high school. And I'm not saying Harry Potter's bad. I'm not. I'm not I, making fun of you nerds. I, I'm just saying. I liked Harry Potter. I would never use that term. So, but, but as someone who's not familiar with it, I think of magics. As, okay, better than that. I'll, 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 I'll take that back because I apologize. I live in Salt Lake City. There's a tremendous amount of people here that drive Subaru Foresters, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. It seems like what all of the women driving those cars would have a, as a bumper sticker. You know, magics, like magics, and it would be in those symbols, kind of like coexist. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that these people are bad. I'm saying that and I'm not even suggesting that they're lesbians, although they are. What I'm <laughs> suggesting is that the word magics <laughs> is used by people that that want to tell you that they are Wiccan because they've just learned what that is. And it's really cool. And it's definitely going to upset dad. And when they're exploring. The flexibility of plurals. Right. Mm-hmm. Coles de sac, if you will. That's exactly yeah. that was it. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, flexibility of plurals. If you had that on your bingo card, check. Please remember check. to dot it. I didn't. Oh, I you think... didn't have flexibility of plurals on your card? No, but I'm trying it out right now in my bedroom and I'm about to fall down. <laughs> you, have to, you have to put your left index finger down first. Ah, oh, that changed everything. That makes that a boy. It's like the big toe. It is. It holds all the weight. I feel the, like the big toe's like the dark tower. The thing that Ooh. like had genuinely upset me the most about the dark tower movie was that it felt like more than anything else, besides them doing a disservice to Roland and giving the spotlight to Jake. Why I is that a disservice? Oh, because why not, Roland is infinitely more interesting a character. Because it's Roland's a, f- a fucking interdimensional, interplanner gunslinger who's hunting the man in black across the fucking multiverse and trying to stop the like trying to stop the fucking Dark Tower from falling. I think that's amazing. Yeah, but he's a he's a, a, he's a book character. hero. You need you need thirty thousand words to bring him to life. And for the movie version, why not? You know, you make unless the, uh... unless I mean, you don't have to if you don't spend all of your movie focusing on a ten year old. But we'll go ahead and get back to that in a little bit. I feel like they did a disservice to him in the fact that they like rewrote his character and instead of him being this like vigilant defender and trying to ensure that dark tower doesn't fall into this like just half-assed vengeance story of him like he has to get the man in black i have to i have to get the man in black specifically because he did he did wrong he murdered my dad and other gunslingers and stuff and he brought I all have state to get insurance him. down to its knees right it, was fry just, it, it felt heat, like man. a massive disservice to a very well developed character that vengeance could have easily translated could have easily translated to film, but instead of focusing on a character that could have been translated to film and could have been a great character, I think Ildris Elba could have even done an amazing job as Roland if he wasn't handed I, such a gnarly piece of shit of a script that he had thought- gotten. Not to cut you off, uh, I thought he did really well with what he had. 
Um, but it was still a bad personally. script. I thought I, he embodied Roland really well, but he was it, given it, it, such it, a crappy script that it, it Idris, didn't Idris do any good. Idris wasn't, uh, isn't to blame for this movie. Mm-mm. No, not even a little bit. I didn't even necessarily mind Matthew McConaughey as the man in black. I, I thought, I actually I thought he did a decent too. job at it. But again, I, it was I, just I a terrible, terrible Taylor script put in his hand. I thought he did well too. I thought that, and I think that's what's most infuriating to me. And maybe I already said this this week at some point, but all of the pieces were there for a good movie. There was a good movie on either side of it. Uh, it would make more sense for there have been to, there to have been a good movie there than not, but there wasn't one. It didn't exist. Where, where did it fall apart for you? Uh, had some drama, had some comedy, had you know the. Let's see. The runtime is ninety-five the minutes. The beginning, took maybe you five on an minutes emotional in. journey. Because that's not the movie. I uh, I was sold in the trailers. Right. Well, there was so a lot you, of uh, a lot of Tai Chi gunplay in the trailers. I mean, that's kind of what. They yeah, were. but you know what? There wasn't in the trailers. What's an that? evil stepdad and an angsty teenage uh, motherly relationship. Not, and, so much. Uh, Not so much. Not so much. None of that was in the trailers. Too many self-aware references to Keystone Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, other worlds than these does not mean look more planets in our immediate uh, eyeline. It means yeah. multiple universes, multiple dimensions. And uh, and last I checked, Walter didn't have a damn thing to do with the Breakers, who well, and, love and the experience. They don't you. sit in a chair. And get tortured like you might see in some rendition of Stargate 2.0. I don't know why I said that, but you I know what I mean. Like, I, I like it. I, I, I appreciate it. it. They, 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 I'm more they of a Stargate Atlantis guy, but I'm with you. Uh, I'm, I'm all SG1. Ooh, SG1. I forgot about SG1. Is that the one with uh, where Scott Bakula is the uh, leader of the Enterprise? Yeah, yes. and uh, him and Sinbad. Oh, that's they Lord of the to college. Is that not it? What? Right, before they, it's... right after they graduate Hogwarts. But let me I, – here's, here's, a, here's a thing that I've been and, thinking about since last night. And they get Christy night. Brinkley to kick the field goals. Ah, uh, Christy Brinkley. Um, Go ahead, Joe. If, let's let's pretend for a second that they knew their audience. They wanted it to be a young adult movie. They wanted to make Jake the center of the film, and they wanted to bring in lots of things from from all of the books, which they did do. They brought lots of things from all of the books. Um, Check all not boxes. well, but they did it. Here's how I would have done it. I think I would have totally left the gunslinger story out of it for the most part, other than before the credits, do a. Um, uh, a scene of Jake and Roland, uh, they already know each other, they're, you know, getting along well, and the man in black is getting away, and Roland let Jake fall. And he says, go then, there are other world- worlds than these. Then the opening credits happen, you get the title, all of that shit, and then Jake wakes up in bed and give me most of the plot from the Wastelands. And then have him get over into Midworld and then do uh, maybe a little bit of Wizard in the Glass, a little bit of uh, – maybe take it all the way up to the Wolves of the Kala, uh, Magnificent Seven ending, uh, and then have the movie end with a cliffhanger with Susanna Dean booking it over to wherever Susanna Mio needs to go. 
Runtime, 84 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 well, the problem... That was the other though, problem. According to the article I read from Nikolai Havibulin, they this was not designed to have sequels. The goal? You know, this is supposed to be this is supposed to be uh, a single contained one and done story. And yes, no, it would be that because it's because supposed right to the act end that it, way if it needs to. Right, but it, but even with that, it ends and Jake is still like, "Let's go to the dark tower." And Roland's like, "Yeah, that's a good idea, gunslinger." Oh, but but he Shut up. he wasn't a gunslinger for a bit, you know, because those people that had no business telling him he's not a gunslinger anymore, they let him know that he is no longer a gunslinger. He's not a real gunslinger. Because that's something that some idiot person in a small town can take away from a guy. Right. That was probably the most insulting bit of the whole movie to me. That bitch forgot the face of her father something fierce. Word. That's the worst. You hate to see that. Now I might be a little upset. I might be. You're hiding it well. I have three Dark Tower tattoos, and they That's are all too, too burning and, and sorrow over this. Or something. It's, here, here. Okay, enough of the Matroids being an idiot. Let's throw some legit uh, observation at this. Are, you guys are familiar with uh, trends in movies and whatnot. Obviously, you guys are all very intelligent. I mean, Ryan is even intelligent. And strong, <laughs> but, but you've I'll got, allow it. You've got movies that were made at one time where it was like, you know what? We're going to tell the people what they're going to watch. We're not going to dictate what what uh, we're not going to let them dictate what we're going to make. We're going to say this is a movie. You're going to watch it. Let's say this, this is this is uh, the good, the bad and the ugly. Right. Perfect oh, example of a movie great. that it's a long movie. It's pretty slow in a lot of ways. It's fantastic. People wanted a good Western. They got a good Western. Now what you see happening a lot in movies uh, is that you've got the new Star Trek movies, which they're okay for what they are, but they're not Star Trek films. They're adventure films and they're revenge films. They have very little to do with exploration, which is the key to Star Trek's longevity and success and its sole purpose is what is out there. It's it's an exercise in exploration of this vast universe that we have. And the new movies are like, Good guy is angry because bad guy slept with his mom. Whatever. It's it's really pathetic. With Oddly, uh, also the plot of Dark Tower. Go on. <laughs> right. Did any of you guys read the Shannara books at all? No. I did. I've read a few. Yes. I've read Zion. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I read all those. I started in 86 when I was in fourth grade or whatever. Right? They're, I think they're great for what they are. Now, when when I found out that they were making those – making elf stones into a, into a movie – I they was are? I was so excited, and then they said, that, "Well, they'll make it into a TV series." And then I found out that MTV was putting it out, and they did, and it was exactly what happened with Star Trek. It's exactly what happened with most. How can you Marvel start that movies. story at Elfstones? Well, that's how do no, you start the Dark Tower time. in book two point five? Fair the, point. The, Fair so point. what what they did with with uh, the Shannara series, and the reason that I blame MTV for everything in this era is because they, they neutered it, stripped it of any poignancy, any uh, lessons that someone can derive from it, any maturity, any strength, and they they substituted that with substanceless style. Uh, they completely changed things for no other reason than this is for people who don't have the ability to have patience or understanding. We're going to over-explain everything to you, 
and we're going to change things so that you aren't challenged enough to think about this over the next week or two. You're going to know it as you see it, and then you're going to leave it alone. And this movie smacked of that a thousand times over. I've read these books several times, and each time I read them, I find myself gaining more and more insight into what this could be. I'm finding allusions to other things in my own life. And when I watched this movie, I felt like I just watched 85 minutes of some sugary Pop-Tart crap that I forgot about almost the second I left. And thank goodness for small favors, because that was the only thing I got out of it. They are continuing, as as movie producers out there, they're continuing to take plausible, serious material, actual film experiences, and substitute it for, thank you for your money, off to the next one. And I'm sick of it. And they did it with my favorite property in the whole world. I'm standing up and applauding. Thank you. I was hoping Says he who that, enjoyed that sounded, this film. That sounded very, very, very much like my typical Game of Thrones rant. You get it? I do. I can't even keep this charade up. I, I didn't. Yeah, I, yeah, you could drop it. It's, I appreciate your, your I attempt at positivity. It's, it's, it looks <laughs> like a fucking steaming dumpster pile, but I but want to at least be entertaining. So I can't keep it up after that. I'm, Have you actually submit. not seen it? Oh, fuck no. It sold me. This whole time I just thought you were an ass. Well, yes. I, it, it wasn't for don't, your don't, benefit. Don't let this sudden revelation fool you. He's still an ass. <laughs> I'm an ass with a heart of gold and a good purpose. I, I know, I know that if Nick were to if Nick were to walk into that movie, he wouldn't leave early. He would finish it, and then he would, it would sour him for weeks to the point where you couldn't. He would be so upset right now. I'm actually glad you didn't see it. It would have put you in such a place that you couldn't. Yeah, I would not shake that off lightly. You couldn't mm -hmm. function. I tried to be more preventative about my masochism, so I kind of saw that that pain coming from a ways off. Preventative masochism was the name of a high school band of mine, by the way. Right. A great band name. Mm -hmm. I used to play at the band named Prostate Farm. <laughs> they were good. Nice. I, I was actually in a band with, with, uh, with Wolfman Josh, Josh Legary from all of our, our shows. We and William, uh, William Solo from well, hell, I've been in bands with every single person on the sci fi podcast, different bands, but uh, none with such good names as that. We'll say that's pretty strong. Prostate Farm, that's a good one, too. I meant yours. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> your, you know, your, little, your little diatribe there was that's that summed it up. That is correct. Mm -hmm. I think I'm I'm also with Nick in the fact that that might have summed up like my like viewing experience of everything these past like handful of years. With maybe right? the exception of Spider-Man: Homecoming. I'd give it that. Which was the only was... pleasant surprise I've had in like three years. Oddly enough, and I probably get a lot of crap for this, but I thought Chappie was wonderful. I haven't seen it. It's a, it, it, it's, it's, it seems uh, like it, something in my opinion, I would like. it's not the best of the Bloom Camps, but it is pretty good. I liked it because it, it didn't give a single consideration to the viewer, which sounds terrible from a marketing standpoint. But I'm all oh, about I, the I'm all about the I movie would love that a little sets. bit of that. I you see and and for me as a writer and a musician, I don't do it for other people because it's not for other people. Now if they derive uh, pleasure or enjoyment from it, then then my job is 
is has been done to a level I never dreamt I could imagine. Isn't that the fucking movie, worst when when yeah. you consume a some sort of watered down high fructose corn syrup version of music or film? You sit through a Transformers movie and it's just you know entirely constructed uh, to elicit a specific reaction from a specific consumer. That's exactly right. I put Fuck all my off. my G1 Transformers toys, I put them away after I saw Transformers the movie. Wow. So that people would know. Are we you're talking a about the first fan. one or are we talking about like the like all of them? The subsequent all of them. eight? Man. All of one. I still yeah. even like the first I'll still defend the first one, but anything after that was just is is just fucking garbage. John Turturro was in the first one. You saw that, right? I, I did, and I, I I will admit that he was definitely not the strongest in in that film at all. I didn't mind the like the Sam Witwicky shit. Which which I, one? Which one was he? The the that was number two. Sure, in hiding. Yeah, that was number Fucking two. Deli man. Yeah, that that was. Yeah, it was good, that good was flush. a shit lore production if I've ever seen it. Shit lore. Mm-hmm. Shit shit it's lore. A, a new shit genre production with, with a hard D. Yeah. So have you guys ever heard Jerry Seinfeld try to do an Irish accent? No. (laughs) So in one of the episodes, he does that, right? And it's pretty stupid because it's Jerry Seinfeld, and he's so self-aware. He's smiling through half of his lines. I love Seinfeld. Greatest sitcom ever produced. And there's some great ones. But imagine Jerry Seinfeld dead serious trying to do an Irish accent in like a drama. That is the Dark Tower movie. It's so unbelievably stupid that all you can think of is I am watching Jerry Seinfeld trying his hardest in a drama to do an Irish accent. What's the deal with is, Romic is languages? It, uh, is it Ray Liotta as a wizard bad? I don't go that far. Worse. Yes, Nick, it is. It really is. Yeah, God. The problem is at some point – see, and the, the other articles that I – like this was – the original cut of this movie was four and a half hours long. Which is exactly right, by the way. Right. As crazy as that sounds. And they pared it down to 95 fucking minutes. 88 if you don't count the credits. Okay, so 88 minutes. So at some point, they made the decision, like, studios have to make a decision right away. Is this movie going to be rated R? Is it going to be PG-13? PG-13 opens it up to a bigger audience. They're going to make more money. That's the common thought process. I would say that Deadpool tells you that thought process is wrong. Mm-hmm. But Hollywood still believes that if you want to capitalize the most on your investment, you got to make it PG-13, because otherwise, if you go R-rated, it alienates your audience. Yeah. And I think yeah. if you do PG-13, if you do PG-13 with like a like a Raiders of the Lost Ark feel, or uh, or Crusaders or something like that. I mean, sure, darker. It's it's much darker, and it should have been rated R. I'm tired of companies taking property like this and saying, in order for this to be successful, we have to wholesale change it. I'm tired right. of them thinking that that the audience that we're gonna if we if we just make a true adaptation of this product. No one will see it. No one will come see it. I'm tired of, as we've said before, of thinking of people thinking that reimagined and just taking basically a title and maybe a few choice 
characters or, or very general plot points and repackaging that, you know, like as, based on a as true the story. original. Yeah, is is right. one of the with worst the, with things the, in like, entertainment. Heaviest set of air quotes around that. Oh my! It's in in television, film, <laughs> in comic, and it's just it's lazy, it's pandering, it's false, and it almost always is a shitty product. And that's why I feel that's why I feel frauded by this because they they knew I was going to see this movie. I'm I'm their audience. Right. And they, and they set it up to be the exact opposite of what it is. I mean, Nick, you wouldn't believe I, you wouldn't believe you can't wash the feeling of you're watching like the Hunger Games off of you when you're in theater at all. Yeah. It is, they made they made a movie for teenage girls. That is truly disheartening. Which is probably why they didn't have multiple demon rape scenarios in it, like in the books. Of all, right. of all the, <laughs> of all the books, of all the Stephen King books, uh, yeah. but generally of all the books, why, why go here? Yeah, why pick this as what you want to explore, and then just, you know, give it a two percent thing? I mean, granted, everybody, everybody they're doing show, a fucking reboot. Everybody of on it. this show. Uh, has read Stephen King and likes it. And and Stephen King is very famous, but he's not, you know, he's not a go-to literary phenomenon, you know, as far as, you know, they try and pander to some of this Hunger Games and Harry Potter stuff that's currently trendy. You know, it's a, it's somewhat of a niche market. So why aim for that specific target customer and, and then deliver, you know, a one-off, you it's, know, poop plate. It's He's exactly also the opposite. Nonsensical. Like, it's it's exactly the opposite of what you were fake defending earlier. They really just didn't know their audience. Like, yeah. it, I, I feel like you might have even been onto something like prophetic there with saying they're trying to do this like split marketing thing. We're going to do a bunch of references and do like a couple of things that reference the stories. And like, we're going to have story characters there so we can get all the book people we're going to come and see this movie regardless. And yeah, then we're also going to try and we're also going to try and yeah. market to people who have no idea what this is, which cool. I'm more than excited to share things that I geek on with other people. That's but, the problem though, the problem though but, is that they never advertised this. Their marketing was not directed toward the market the movie was made for. Exactly. Right. They, they, they really, really like swung and missed the fucking mark. Like it was bad. And it's, it's not like it's not like DC facets. either, where they are. They may make a pandering film or two to pull or in three. people for a bigger picture, <laughs> you know, for a, a longer journey and to squeeze more cash out of them with, you know, the. The uh, the word is escaping me that I want to use, but for the you know longer term universe extended not the expanded the long universe, game, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. There's th- this is this is it. We have shot our miserable old decrepit wad on this, and 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 give it to fucking Nikolai Havibulin of all people to fucking <laughs> man the helm, really. Well, I mean. Gerard Butler was a more convincing Egyptian than this was a movie. 
Man. Jake, Jake fucking Jake Hall was a more convincing Egyptian than this yeah, was. He was. I, I could not get over the fact that I was actually Persian, watching the Doc Tower. You guys have seen you guys have read the book, right? The first book, The Gunslinger? Sure. Oh yeah. Okay, so and I say this and I wanted to ask people I know that that, that are in the industry because even though I know the answer, I was hoping I would be wrong, but how on earth is that not perfectly adapted with very little difficulty to a movie? I'll one-up you here. I'll one-up you and steal it from Ryan. This is totally his point, but it's more spot on. If you're <laughs> going to do this, what, is it not the most perfectly set up for an HBO project, an extended series? Well, it's supposed to be partially. Right there, the, the original concept was to do movie, series, movie, series, movie, and within oh, the three movies and two, two series, it was going to uh, cover everything, tell the entire story. Now the, the they're thinking the series would end up on HBO, and that was Ron Howard's original plan. That's still the plan, which mm-hmm. gives me hope that that this could happen. Still, I I have faith that that with the right amount of interference from good people. This could change. Stephen King has gone on record saying, well, he said he liked it, but he also made Maximum Overdrive. So what the hell does he know? (laughs) Thank you. And and, and what cut of the movie did he see? But go on. Well, he said he wanted – he's like, I want it to be rated R from now on. Good. And and that's a bold proclamation from the the man who wrote this. In addition to that, uh, you've got multiple sources saying that the series will begin with the next book and will be true – to the source material. Now, I don't know how they do that from where they're at now because they've already bastardized so much of it. Right. But if they can do that, then then maybe they can regain well, some of us loyal and, fans. And perhaps and perhaps the advantage of making such a forgettable pile of opie, uh, which is what I call shit now because of this film. <laughs> um, I forgot. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. People will be able to forget it for the most part. And since they're playing around with multiple universes and timelines and shit like that, they'll be able to go through and retroactively retcon and fix some of it. That's it. Thank you, Rob. To answer your question, though, Matt, the the gunslinger, as is written, is already set up to be like a three-act movie. Yes. It's, It's a contained story. And I, and I was and I was I was talking about that on NPW this week. You, you know, imagine if you went to that movie, and because we were talking with uh, we were talking with Carl and Jason who have never read the books, and I said, imagine if you went to see that movie, and at the beginning of the movie, um, when the Jake character is is uh, sleeping, uh, the man in black shows up, and him and Roland have a have a discussion. And the man in black tells Roland that, like, you know you're going to have to kill him, right? You know he's going to die. Um, and then you'd be thinking the whole movie, there's no way Roland's going to, you know, the good, the good guy's going to win. Roland's not going to let this kid die. And then right there at the climax of the third act, Roland lets Jake die to continue hunting the man in black. Well, you'd have been shocked. It's what everyone would have been talking about. All these non-book readers who went and saw this movie would have said, oh my god, I can't believe Idris Elba just let the kid die. And it would be, it would have been a movie moment. 
It have been. Mm-hmm. It have been. A, it would have been something Rowan. worthy, like worthy of history. Like right. it, it'd a, be a the film kind of that thing... actually stood the test of time. It would yeah. have been a William a William Rowan's movie moment moment. Right. Yeah. And and instead, we got what we saw. And it's just you call this sugar. <laughs> and <laughs> and yes, we all know it's a Coca Cola, but my large hand is gonna just barely cover up the logo. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, they didn't do that. I mean, Which, I once like again, to, don't I set would, it in I, Keystone Earth. Just make like it Nazala. Think, I would like to think that if I walked in, if, you, would, you would think if you were Stephen King, you could walk into an office in Hollywood and say, this is my book. It's The Gunslinger. Make this movie. Don't, and you'd think that somebody in Hollywood read it. I wouldn't even give them the rest of the fucking it, series. Right? Just here's this book. Make this a movie. You think someone in Hollywood has read these books and loved? Them. I mean, for all the, for all the problems that they've, for all the mistakes they've made, David, David Benioff and Weiss, they started as fans of A Song of Ice and Fire. They loved the books. They went to college. They met each other. They were hanging out, and they shared a mutual love for the books, and said, "Let's make it our goal, our dream to adapt this." For the screen, someone in Hollywood, right, has read these books and loves them. Why haven't right. they just done it? Because if Who the gods are good, we'll get a rated R reboot, <laughs> and it's just going to be the Gunslinger, and, and then and, we'll go into the series. And even if you want to go with the t- the, the maybe the tact of, of well, Sony's not really Hollywood because it's in Japan. Uh, it's not like the Japanese don't understand westerns. Hashtag Seven Samurai. Right. Yes. Well, and in addition to that, I mean, the bottom line is the people that made the call on this were definitely sitting in some office stateside saying, "This won't. This won't sell in Topeka." Right. Well, Even that's fine. They all dead of superfluity anyway. That's right. They can get in their Takuro spirits and drive away for all I care. Yeah, I'm straight. I felt like the bottom line is that this movie was generally upsetting. Genuinely yeah. upsetting, rather. I mean, I, I rarely leave a movie, even when I'm disappointed in one. Like, I left episode one about as upset as a person can leave. Um, you know, I, I, as a huge fan of Star Wars being born in the late 70s and, and pretending that I was Luke Skywalker for more time than I was actually me, episode one was a massive letdown. But there was a part of me that expected that on some level and a part of me that was like, whatever. It is what it is. There's, it's so big that it's outgrown me a billion times over. There's people all over the world and they just want more Star Wars. What I felt like this was, it was more like the entire world doesn't know about this. But there is a group of people who are so devoted to this series and this is for them. It's for everybody to enjoy eventually. But we are rewarding those who, who love this. And, and they love it for a reason. It's not like they love it because it's so obscure that, uh, you know, those seven million people are really going to get a kick out of it. No, what they're trying to – what they ideally should try to do is say, you who love it, you who have stuck with it, you're going to get what you want out of this. But we need to make it for other people too. So you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit. But that's not at all what happened. What happened instead was uh, – a complete retelling. And then they probably the most offensive piece of marketing was when they tried to actually sell it as 
Well, he has the horn now, so he's already made his turn through the tower. Like, it's a sequel. And they played that up for months. It's actually a sequel, so technically there can be changes. Well, that ended up being a spit in the face, Absolutely. a bald-faced lie. And I Absolutely. really am upset about it. Yeah, like, and, and, and uh, I, th- I think we talked about this on the, the bonus epi- episode for the Sci-Fi podcast. Um, I didn't, I didn't expect a, a true adaptation in terms of, of being really faithful to the source material. All I really wanted out of it was a good movie that would make other people who didn't read the books as big a fan of the property as I am. Right. That's all, that's all I wanted. I, you, you could have made a, a, a totally unfaithful movie that was good and I would have been okay with it. But to do a bad movie that was also unfaithful. It's a disservice everywhere to everyone. Yeah, make it faithful in tone, if nothing else. Right. When is the last time you saw a Stephen King movie and you're like, that was fun? (laughs) They're not fun. (laughs) That was a neat They're they're not comfortable. I I really liked how they all died in the end and then the mist dissipated. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine if you watched Carrie and it was like Zoog Disney presents Carrie? <laughs> Periods are terrifying, but not if you're a telepath. Right? There's no parents in it, or if there are parents, they're totally bumbling idiots. <laughs> I Carly as Carrie. Have you seen Christine? Well, it's no longer a fury, but this little VW bug has all the fury anyone needs to take you to get your new dirty diet Coke at the soda shop. (laughs) Fucking bullshit. Dirty. I think honestly what the world needs at this point is just a reboot of Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. Honestly, if this is the route we're going, let's go ahead and just fucking like... But still with Charlie Sheen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fast and the Fast and the Furious twelve. It's the I mean they're getting there anyway. Right? Also Back. also starring Charlie Sheen. Oh, and Emilio Estevez. I mean, right now he's holding a gun to this poor guy in this movie I'm watching in the background. Young Guns too. And they're both uh garbage men. That'd be tremendous. That would be a great plot yeah. for a film. Wow. I mean, if you think about it, these guys could be men at work. And there you oh. have it. That's how you play the game, folks. I mean, they they don't Teresa, come from the land down under. In, in Jersey City, that's how you play the game. I know Matt, Teresa in a, Jersey City. There's, oh, a, there's a, a listener of ours. We think her name's Teresa in Jersey City. But every time we play this game and someone says like, um, no, 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 Bruce Willis wasn't in. Uh, you're thinking of Bruce Willis. He was, the lead, he was the lead in Gone in 60 Seconds. She'll get a hold of me on Twitter and say, by the way. That was Nicolas Cage in Gone in 60 Seconds. Like, oh, yeah. So she's essentially Roland. She has, she's so literal that she has no creativity. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, I won't throw okay, tomatoes so- at you because I don't have any tomatoes. Very astute, Roland. <laughs> uh, Nick, we're going to give you the last word on uh, The Dark Tower. I appreciate that. Is that now? Yeah, right now. Pointing at me now. Yep. Um, yeah, just don't do it. Just don't do it. There you go. You should go see this to suffer with us. Uh, I disagree. 
share in our suffering. Uh, man, Read the books you know. first. I, I like the books. That's why I'm not going to see the film. <laughs> nope. I've had enough of this fucking nonsense. Matt, as you know, at the end of the show, we do the uh, the Geek Weekly. Yes. Uh, you can go first or last as our esteemed guest. I, I like to go last so that I can sit here and scratch my balls for a little bit longer while I listen to you men talk. Okay. Perfect. Uh, Joe, what are you geeking on this week? I have been geeking on just hating on this movie. <laughs> it That's is, like the, uh, you've been feeding on that morsel for days, haven't you? I, I, really, I really have been. I really have. It has been... Uh, I've just been I've been just dissecting it in my head and chewing on like all the stuff that could have been and <laughs> discussing. We even had like a lovely evening before that. It was a beautiful evening. It was great. There were some weird reminders of a racist past, but otherwise, really good. <laughs> <laughs> a memoir. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's what I've been geeking on this week, and it's. Uh, in some ways, a lot of Dark Tower fans that I didn't know were Dark Tower fans have come out of the woodwork. So I've had more discussion about the Dark Tower than I've had since I read it. And that's been really nice, too. So if nothing, that movie has brought us all together in our hatred. And so. there's nothing that can really bond a person in <laughs> something like that. No, you right. can bond. Well, it's it's you can bond mutual and... loathing is basically like... There's the, bonds in love and there's bonds in fellowship. When you like bond in mutual hatred, it's like the spiritual equivalent of gorilla glue. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, but yeah, that, that's what I've been geeking on this week. Just uh, commiserating. So, Rob, how about you? What are you been geeking on this week? Well, I had already repressed most of the movie, so uh, I started a new series on Netflix that uh, is a sci-fi original, and normally that's a massive turnoff, um, just like uttering those words. But um, Helix, if you guys haven't watched mm. this, it's fantastic. I really like. I ended up plowing through uh, the first season over the or the yeah the entire first season over the weekend. And uh, the lead actor is uh, Billy Campbell from The Rocketeer, and uh, it's it is uh, a fantastic story. It follows a handful of CDC agents that have to go up to some international research and development lab in the Arctic, and there was apparently some virus that was there that had like gotten out and like began infecting a bunch of the people at the base. So they sent the CDC in to investigate, contain, and treat it. And from there, like, hell just starts breaking loose. And it's it's phenomenal. I, I could not nearly recommend it enough. If you guys have any spare time at all and you're looking for uh, a, an interesting, uh, what relatively well-thought-out thriller um, that's fairly well-written, uh, and the music's on point, too. It's, like, uh, it's just, like, incredible. Um, Watch Helix. It's really Something good. about that sounds familiar to me. It's it's way better. Like my my girlfriend was the one that started watching it, and she introduced it to me, and she was like, "Okay, so this is a sci-fi original," and I was like, "Oh, that that hurts already." Like you choose your next words really carefully. Oh, oh I didn't know we were going to sit here and laugh tonight. Yeah, like I'm I'm all down for some bear shark versus like Godzilla puss. <laughs> But <laughs> bear shark versus Godzilla. Godzilla puss. Yeah, love it. But 
Yeah, no. Uh, I would really genuinely recommend Helix. Uh, at, the, at the very least, the first season's tremendous. I'm going to be starting the second one soon, I'm sure. Uh, there's only two seasons on there right now, and I believe it's still running on sci-fi, but I don't watch that channel uh, because I have a soul. So, uh, yeah. Helix. Hmm. Uh, Nick, what have you been geeking on? Um, well, thanks for asking. Um, You're welcome. I, I first of all, like to caveat that I am not resisting Rick and Morty out of some sheer sadist um, stance that I'm taking. Um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I, I should probably Hulu, I suppose, at some point. But uh, I, I truly uh, don't have really any time where I ever get to just sort of watch TV. If I watch a show, I average about 30 minutes of TV a day. And it's usually at the very Perfect. end of the day. It's usually with the wife. She would um, love it. Probably. But my point is that like binge watching is, is a thing of my past. Um, that said, uh, earlier this week, we had almost an hour uh, where there were no kids, and so we decided we were going to find something to watch because the one thing we share together really is Game of Thrones right now, which we always watch a day or two later. Blah, blah, blah. So uh, we rolled the dice on uh, a little ditty on Netflix called Friends from College. Did you finish which, the whole season like me and Natalie did? No, no. We watched the first three episodes. Um I had heard about it uh, as as being sort of kind of in my wife and I's wheelhouse, age demographic wise, yada yada yada. Um, I I like uh, I do like Keegan Michael Key. I don't know why, but I I just do. I, his shtick kind of works for me. He's always himself, just like John Bernthal is always John Bernthal, but it worked. Uh, so uh, it's kind of in a general sense, it's about a bunch of friends from college who all now have sort of relocated back to the same town and their shenanigans ensues. Um, I laughed quite a bit uh, and maybe it is cause it's in my wheelhouse, but there is something innately right with the world about seeing Fred Savage do lines of Coke and then tap dance. Yes. Uh, that it, it's made, made my, made my heart chuckle. So, uh, I would, I would recommend it to anybody over the age of 30, if you have a spouse, mm. even better. If you went to college, also even better. But uh, just a, it's not a, not a world beater, you know, but just a genuinely kind of mindless about 30, laugh. About 30 minutes long an episode. Uh, I think there's eight episodes on season one. Uh, Natalie and I did the same thing. We, we sat down Saturday night uh, about 7 o'clock. And she said, which was a shock to me, hey, is there something we could just binge watch on Netflix? And I was like, fuck yeah. Let's I, I believe there may be. Yeah, let's find <laughs> something, right? And I was going to go right to Ozark because I, I watched the first episode. I loved it. She was kind of lukewarm on it. And then I remembered that Friends of College was on there, so I went to it. And uh, it just – we we finished it that night. It, we We couldn't – it was like oh, you we, cranked we, all the way through it. Yeah, we just finished it. There's a scene, and I'm trying to stay spoiler free, Nick. But there's a scene where Keegan, Michael Key, and uh, a pet he's taking care of, and the rabbit. It, 
Yes, and they slam. I, on I the saw brakes. that one. Oh my god! I I I laughed. Lindsay lost her shit at that point. Died. <laughs> I, fucking, I know exactly I had, where you're I at. Had to fucking pause it i was fucking i had to like like do like the fucking i gotta pee fucking dance like i was holding the tip of my penis running to the bathroom so i didn't fucking piss all over myself i couldn't i was laughing i couldn't breathe it was yeah i I did not see that coming at all oh my god i fucking (laughs) died that scene and then the scene uh uh the uh the streetcar named desire play oh that's that's something that's oh my god was that it actually got me thinking and matt i might need your help with this someday okay i would love to put on a local play like i'm thinking like in my small town at my movie theater there's a a theater and and you put on like 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 the fowler players put on um phantom of the opera Something real serious, and sell the place out. But you have the real show is in the audience, where you actually have people planted throughout the audience to heckle the play. Like not like you not know, like, you don't even have to ask. I'm there, and I'm not talking like really loud. Like you're not yelling like hey, like hey, this place sucks. Like between yourselves, like you're but. Uh, but you have to get liquored up enough so that you can't really control the auditory whisper the way that you think you should. So it's correct. that kind of like loud whisper. Right. And everybody else in the I audience. I have to pee so bad. Everybody else in the audience is thinking, like, can you believe these two guys won't stop talking during the play? Yeah, you're getting shushed constantly. But that's the actual show. <laughs> the actual play you went to see is the play you didn't know you were there to see. It was the actors in the audience with, that had like a loose script to follow throughout the play. And the cool thing is, is that the people sitting around uh, me and Matt get a completely different show than the people sitting around Joe and Rob. A completely different show than the people sitting around uh, uh, Nick and the OG. Because you can't have two people. You know, it, it, it's, That's it's art a, right there. That I is, think it is. I really think it is. I love that. You got people walking out of there like, can you believe those cocksuckers who just would not stop talking? That is the most meta thing. I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a meta play. I think that would be – once people realize that that's what it was, people would be coming for a second showing to sit by somebody else. Like, no, let's See, sit on the right side of the fucking theater tonight. And here's how you one-up that. You actually get someone to – you don't well, – no one knows who, but somebody secretly films the whole thing and puts it on YouTube, and they talk about how they can't believe what's going on. Yes. So you can watch a YouTube video that someone films with, like, for some reason in black and white, because that's awesome. They film it with their Nokia 3310 camera attachment. <laughs> and uh, and then it's these people talking during a play. <laughs> I could get behind that. I could I definitely get behind that. I, I could I, do some script writing for that. I think you know who's perfect? Hold on. This will be over Metroid's head. But amongst us, you know who's absolutely perfect for the role of fucking crowd plant? Who? That's uh, in the family circle. Justin Snedden. Yes, sir. 
Oh, no yes, shit. Sir. Justin would be awesome. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Justin? Oh, he's, is Justin he's tall? Born, he's born for uh, certain things. Justin is very tall. And yeah, pissing off. Tall. He's also very wise. Is he nice? Is he clean? A good thing. Yep. Is he a brown man? Let him in. Let him in, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly how I would describe Justin. He's a, he's a slim... Brown man. <laughs> he's a he's six seven four hundred pounds of nice. pure ginger Viking. Yep. So close. Wait, Harry Knowles. Who is this? Whiter than most pieces of paper. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that's my play idea that I got. I think it's genius. Friends, friends from college. Do you? No, okay, now one step further. Do you? Say you're gonna put this on for a week. Do you rotate through? And by that I mean, are are you and Joe the actual play actors one night, and then you rotate yes. into the crowd and like I, me and Rob Ooh. and Matt yes. have to go down and be the fucking stage schlubs? Yes, I think it's that's a, how we do it. Brilliant. It's a it's a it's a full cast. Like there might be like on like Friday night showing, I'm playing the the titular Phantom of the Opera. But the next night, I'm in the audience. And the cool thing is, is that the actors that are the audience actors, they like stand out in the lobby before the show with all the other patrons. Like they're just there to see the show. No big deal. Then they file themselves into their seats and then they just start like, so what is it? So it's like the, is the Phantom like a rapist? What's, <laughs> what's the, and they what's just do with this movie? I heard the right. Phantom only speaks French. Yeah, but that doesn't sound like. That doesn't. <laughs> I can't. There's gotta be a sequel to this thing. If he's a Phantom, how come I can see him? <laughs> Ooh, I wonder if he's real menacing. You could actually call it like "Shut the Fuck Up" presents Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> we may be onto something here. Hold on. Hold on a second. And you say it about that. You say it about this loud too. Hold on a second. If he's a phantom, how come I can see him? <laughs> you say him the way Kirk would say it. That's not Billy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> it, I didn't think it was the year 2048. I really didn't. <laughs> Where's this and horse? Then you start, and then you start getting people you start getting people that are like nudging their wife like they won't shut up yes awesome is there like an usher we can get I mean these guys are ruining <laughs> afterwards you you gotta kind of round it all out with like they gotta make a sequel of that right right it's a play I mean can you make a sequel to a play and you go you know when he said sing for me I felt like she wasn't that convinced <laughs> now okay it's like the ultimate mind fuck at the when, when it's curtain comes up and it's come out take a bow just do the do the crowd plants just walk up on the stage and yes. join the row of hands yes. yes bow yep. exit right no explanation. Makes, that would help i think and it makes people say like whoa so were they like was that actually what is what? that actually the show so they were part of the show or did they just walk up there they <laughs> just a bunch of random people from the crowd they, just walking you know, they up probably, they probably just walked up there what kind of audacity my, is that? My mom Talking through the I, whole movie. 
Those guys are play. such dicks. You know, maybe someone has like a plate of wings and they're walking up onto the stage with the wings. They just kind of, you know, nod, keep eating and wave a little bit. Yeah, in the audience. Offer them to the other people on, on stage on next to them. Nachos. Yeah, just a plate of, yeah, nachos would be even better. Oh, right, or, you got the, or you got the guy who like, um, hey, I'm, I'm slicing up some watermelon. You want some? <laughs> That's the that's the juke. He's got like a, a four pound summer sausage that comes out of one sleeve, and, and he just keeps popping the tops on like diet cokes really loud, just cracking them. <laughs> so who's got who's got the Chubba ringtone that won't stop going off every week? <laughs> right, exactly. And who makes a big show of like doing like the ah damn it. And he, he's got to get to his back pocket, so he's got to, like, kind of half sit up. <laughs> it's, it's, in his, uh, it's in his letterman jacket that's slung over the back of his chair. Right. Yes. And then there's, then there's what, the one guy who finally actually gets up to go pee and then can't find his seat. So he starts doing, like, the, like, Excuse me. Mike! Yeah. Genius. Yeah. He's like doing the SOS lighting with his uh, phone light from down below. <laughs> Trying to get, you, get his wife's attention. You gotta have the narrator too, like the, holy shit, did you see that? That chandelier came, like, bro, like, almost hit me, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, which which guy is like... This happening right now? Like, I'm, I've canceled the rest of my plans for this life until this happens. It's like the guy that saw the show the night before, so he's pre-narrating everything. Here like, comes, oh, wait, wait, you're gonna love this part. Watch, watch. The guy's about to smack him right in the dick. Watch this. Check the this entire thing. A scene he's, for him. He's he's four lines ahead, narrating. Oh man, he's the fan in the opera. He's there inside. He's inside right. her mind. Listen, he's listen. Singing See, she just said the computer. He's singing along, but he's one line ahead. <laughs> His tempo is off. <laughs> he's just barely like there's that person that can sing okay until you realize that they are not hitting even kind of the note. Mm-hmm. Right, so that like, high A is not happening. Well, definitely <laughs> not. But but I love the idea of, of you know, let's say that the song is writing at a C and he's at he's at like maybe Maybe he's at a B sharp, right? Because B sharp is, is a note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for those who see <sighs> at a, a a flat, because that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. The Phantom of the Opera is there. <laughs> you know, I my, also like bass player sister played Christine in Phantom, the touring Phantom. And she was kind of hot, and I was like 17. We go over for band practice, and I'd walk by her and I'd just whisper, "Sing for me," which is why I'm obsessed with that line because I, I thought I was so funny. Like maybe she'll get in. Maybe she's into me. She's 29. She's got money. She's like a touring musician. I'm a 17 year old with a mohawk and a constant libido. She'll How'd she'll that take go for when it? I. No, she didn't like me. <laughs> she never told me to fuck off, but her eyes did. 
when the dude there's the there's the guy who keeps asking if it's in is this in so is this in 3D then? <laughs> Shit, I think they have told me. Oh, I got my glasses. I thought this was theater oh, the ER, not are. theater RE. But he's actually got 3D glasses that he yeah. brought in, but he's right. like keeps taking them off and like looking at them and putting them back on, looking around confused. And then mm-hmm. he keeps doing that thing where he like he's reaching out, like he's trying to. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole time, if you're not it's in on so it, so lifelike. There, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, like if this is happening in front of me, at first I start getting angry, and I, I think my nat- my reaction then would start being like, I I'd have leaned over and said, this motherfucker, yes, I'm like of course it's in 3D, it's a play. And then he'd start reaching out for things, and I'd start saying, what like what the fuck is going on here? Does he is this guy like, bath salts? <laughs> what the fuck? And is he going to start eating my face? <laughs> I think it would be great. Well, you've got to have the person that has all the facts. Like, they know exactly when, you know, when the guy that played Benson was, uh, was when, when Robert Guillaume, he was Phantom for a while. Michael Crawford was good. But when Robert Guillaume took the stage in, in L.A., that was awesome. And then you've got that same guy that's like, you know, Starlight Express is a more invigorating experience. Like the <laughs> play nerd. But he's really right. loud. Like he knows all about them, but he has zero decorum for it. I met Andrew Lloyd Webber once at the Logan International in Boston. So that was really uh, this is this is his third favorite play. No, I was being one of the guys from the. Audience. Oh yes, there's, there's got to be cool. a story topper guy too. But the guy that gets it a little bit wrong, like you know, I'm a I'm a huge fan of all of his works, but this is Frank Lloyd Wright's best. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it right there. <sighs> Andrew so Floyd anyway. Webster. Andrew Floyd Webster is, <laughs> is such a great pen name. I mean, Sounds like a, like a like a 60s bungling serial killer. <laughs> Joe, if you don't write under the name Andrew Floyd Webster, you are a fucking scab. I will write that next down article in the newspaper under that name and send it to you guys. I'm dead serious. Andrew Floyd Webster. I'm taking notes. It's tremendous. I'm sending that. I'm writing this article this week under that name, and it will be in a, a nationally syndicated, well, via online newspaper. Still Floyd counts. Webster. Score it. Ready for this shit? Hey Siri, remind me tomorrow to write an under. Ah, fuck! I can't get Siri right ever. <laughs> Let me try that one more time. Hey Siri, remind me tomorrow to write an article under the name Andrew Floyd Webster. It's in my phone. What's uh what's his beat? What's Andrew Lloyd Webster's beat at the paper? Andrew Floyd Webster? Mm-hmm. Uh he yeah. typically covers like uh junior high soccer games. Sometimes he'll cover recipes from local uh, you know, locals and and and, and if really lucky, if he's really lucky, he, he'll get on kind of some of the yard sale beat that gets real popular in like the early fall. So local community topics. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I don't write that stuff. I write s- satire that no one finds funny except myself. But Andrew Floyd Weber is going to write some great shit. <laughs> my Why use seven words when 30 will do? That's fucking words I live by right there. Damn straight. Oh, man. I'm just going to make that what I was geeking on this week. It's genius. If it wasn't before, it certainly is now. Yeah, it's certainly it, – it, yeah, exactly. It is now. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm geeking on this week. How about you, uh, Matt? 
I'm in the process of trying to figure out if there's a conspiracy theory that no one's really aware of that Christopher Cross and uh, Peter Cetera and Michael McDonald are all the same person. So I've been putting a lot of time into that. Okay. Do, do you right. have any – is anything uh, drumming up that – you know, maybe some pictures or – like are the only they ever in the same place at one suck. time? No. I you just, bite I mean, your tongue, Peter Cetera did not suck. <sighs> I mean, you will fight for your honor, 25 6 to 4, I guarantee it. It's it's That's true. later you can argue later Chicago versus earlier Chicago, but it you know. Do you know st- why still do you catchy. know why the lyric is 25 or 6 to 4? Nope. Cuz that Because it's it's the only thing they could find that rhymed with Sitting cross-legged on the floor, and that that's the God's honest, and that's the God's honest truth. You are an yeah. absolute gold mine of useless information. <laughs> no, I, think I was, I was. It's always I've always wondered what the fuck it meant, because it's not like they said twenty-four-seven, three-sixty-five. They said twenty-five or six to four, and so I did some research on it, and I found an article where they said like. Yeah, we were uh, we were uh, on drugs uh, pretty heavy at the time, and we were writing a song, and we couldn't. We had to get one more line in there, but we couldn't think of anything that rhymed with sitting cross-legged on the floor. And then we just started saying words that would rhyme with that. See, and, that and, makes me like them even more. And they came up with twenty-five or six to four. Okay, you guys ready for something? Yeah, yeah. this is all cute. Always. That was that was awkward, that, right? Yeah, <laughs> that was it. That's garbage. <laughs> that that particular piece was not good. Gonna have a very good time. Like what? What is he? He's yelling at this girl. He's like, "You're going to enjoy this because you're staying the night." I didn't give you the option. And somewhere Peter Cetera, date rapist, not not my favorite. Peter Cetera. Somewhere in the background, you've got this. Really bad. Sailing, sailing away is where I want. And he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How did he <laughs> just go from stay the night to sailing? And then cowboy poetry Michael McDonald pops up. And you're like, this is the same guy. And you want to know why I know that? Because they all have a t-shirt that says I drink Nozala. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been geeking on much. I, I figured that. Would be- <laughs> I, I spent I spent fourteen hours editing a, a podcast that Joe and I were on together. <laughs> and do you know what I took from it? Michael McDonald conspiracy theories. No, I took from it that I talk way too much. Everyone I know is right. <laughs> it's a, a amazing level of self awareness. Well, it sucks because I don't know what to do about it. Tools change. <laughs> Keep following your star. Let your heart light shine. You just be you. So I turn on my heart light. Let yeah. it shine wherever. Wherever, I go. anywhere, anywhere you want, big boy. So I forgot to keep notes. What 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 were some of our show titles tonight? You have to do the playback. Yeah. Neil Diamond. They were light. good, whatever they were. 
Neil Diamond egg leg? Is that what you said? That's <laughs> yeah. Well, I just dropped that now though. It's inspirational. That's, no, that's it now. You've, there it is. Neil Diamond's <laughs> peg leg. What do you think he keeps in his peg leg? Gold? Uh, Diamonds. I'm pretty Diamonds. sure that's. I think one of those. Was... One of those really long silk magician scarves. <laughs> yes. Uh, so probably. Joe, the, uh, Joe you're a the writer, Kennedy kind of. microfilm. Ooh, microfiche. Yes. Sorry. So I got it I on decided that, it on that church pew leg, yes. in Kansas. Ooh, nice. That's a good reference, by the way. Thank you. I had decided once when I was going through a divorce with my practice wife that I was going to write something really cool. So I wrote something called uh, Diamond and Diamond, and it was about Neil Diamond and Lou Diamond Phillips that started this gang of celebrities that <laughs> fought zombies after this big epic war. And it was awesome. It was it's it's, amazing. It sounds amazing. It's not good reading. Like you read it, you're like, oh, this guy's never written two words in his life. He spells college like collage. But uh, but it was a lot of fun. And so I was like, it's like Simon and Simon, but it's Diamond and Diamond. How did you leave Dallas Page out of that mix? You could have had a trio. Oh, that actually, that could have worked. Uh-huh. Or, or Dustin, even. Or Dustin oh, Diamond. Oh, God, yes. Wow. Fearsome. Mike but- Diamond. Although I think when there. it comes to the, to the BC boys, Mike Diamond's the worst. Yeah. I don't think he, you can really go there. I don't think you can have a worst beastie. He he's well he's there. great, but he's still like a second rate second rate uh ad rock. He Sound- did all the he wrote a lot of the lyrics. I refuse to believe that. You it doesn't support my narrative. Alternative facts. Was there a lot of Brother Love's Travel and Salvation Show uh, references. No, but that would have been cool. Uh, what it was is that zombies came about when Miley Cyrus and Tupac uh, came together early in her career and put out like a, a, a featuring album, and everything just exploded. No, no, Avril Lavigne, not Miley, Miley Cyrus. And then it was essentially like any anyone that I hated in pop music or in movies was essentially part of the zombie plague. And anyone I thought was kind of bitching in in my history, like definitely Major Dad would have been on there. Um from Simon and Simon, right? And and Bill Yeah, Paxton. I love I love Damon Wayans. Yeah, totally. Damon Wayans is major he he's a major pain, but you know what? It's okay. <laughs> just spectacular. And uh and I just figured that this would be a story that needed to be told and it should have been told by someone who could actually write it. But it was fun. Like Neil Diamond had a baseball bat, and he called it Cracklin' Rosie. Makes sense. And uh, and does he ever Lou... say "Get on board"? And yes. Kill somebody with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. In fact, he was he was he was prone to dropping prose and like song lyrics everywhere. And Lou Diamond Phillips felt that that was a little bit tacky, a little pretentious. <laughs> yeah. No, well, he's known as a tasteful mediator. <laughs> oh, big time. I once saw him in a weird movie. It was like Red Shoe Diaries 14 or something. La Bamba. I, yeah, La Bamba. That's the one about the big bopper. Seventh Sign. Ooh, this, isn't that the one with the uh, Thirteenth Sign? What's her boobs? Demi Moore. Demi, yeah. Demi Moore. I just remember that she's pregnant in that, and it was kind of made me uncomfortable. I like. I'm picturing Lou Diamond Phillips. He was pregnant in fighting that too. some kind of antichrist. Mm-hmm. 
Where was that at? In the, uh, movie, uh, in, in the TV show Longmire. Ooh. That's a, so we're going to be covering that on We Deal and Lead one of these days. Ooh, I'd like to be on that episode. Okay. If you want to invite yourself, go for it. Yeah, that's what I just did. <laughs> I mean, well, you haven't been invited yet by me, so... <laughs> <laughs> I just want a I cool, West, I just want a cool Western name. I, just want a cool I don't think you get moniker. one. A cool Western moniker? Mm-hmm. How about... Uh, I don't know. I was trying to think of something with Rye. Like a Dead Eye Rye. Or something. Ooh. I like Dead Eye Rye. That's pretty good. Although it sounds like a butthole. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, it does. Now that you sounds like a butthole. <laughs> See him walking like that? He's got chafing dead eye rye for sure. <laughs> no, that's actually apt. <laughs> uh, that's probably stick. Yeah. We yeah, got Gen it's... Con next week, so I'm gonna come down with a mean case of amusement leg before the end of it, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Ooh, Wouldn't be on. Gen Con without ye old Disney thigh. Hey, but you know what you do? <laughs> you know what you do to handle that? Uh Cornstarch. Hmm. Yeah, I'm a Trust Goldbond guy. It will sit. Yeah, Goldbond works too. Cornstarch <laughs> lasts a long. After I walked 17 miles at Comic Con last year, and uh, over the course of three days, and so I, I I put some cornstarch to good use. And let me tell you, it saved my bacon. That's what I call my penis. <laughs> my Kevin Bacon. It saved my Kevin Bacon because it was Whitewater Summer all slightly better. You, so yeah, hot. you really want to you want to designate what bacon you're talking about there. I was a hollow man. Hog jowl. <laughs> Hog jowl. Hey, Matt. Yeah. If our listeners want to listen to you more, where can they find you? <laughs> they don't want to. But <laughs> if they want to believe that I'm real and not some man in the crowd just talking during this performance, uh, they can find me at thesci-fipodcast.com, where we talk all things science fiction. And you can find that at Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and probably some other form. I don't know. You can also find me at WeDealInLeadPodcast.com. And that is a brand new Western podcast that I'm doing with a friend, Tennessee Two Guns, T-Bog Thompson. It's too many T's. It is, and I've told him that, but he's sticking with it. And Doc Shock from, uh, from DVD Infatuation and, of course, horror movie podcast and and more and he's uh mad doc dave on there and he's just a treat whenever it comes to any kind of uh movie reviewing he's about as good as they come and uh we are going to be covering the the proposition pretty soon i think in about a week and a half and that's uh an aussie that means australian but that's an aussie film of some kind with people from australia in it and uh also that's the way i prefer my aussies what do they yeah. call that a kangaroo western? Uh, I think they call mm. it an Aussie Shepherd West Western. Because mm. Sam Shepherd, he, prosperity. Rest in peace. God bless his soul. Yeah. Did I say Sam Shepherd? I meant Sam Elliott. <laughs> I, I meant Elliott from ET. I'm sorry. I, that's about happy, happy Sam Elliott's birthday, by the way, because I was on IMDb earlier and just found that out today. Really, my mustache we... felt thicker today. As it should. It's also Eric Bana's birthday, so let's all try and forget the Hulk movie. Oh, that's where we're going to have fighting words. Mm. 
I'm the I wonder why I woke up like craving this. to watch Roadhouse. <laughs> Makes sense. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. No one can do a pick <laughs> like that. Even the mighty Such Patrick. Uh, you can also find me at heraldextra.com under the name Gary the Unicorn. Yes, that's a real thing. No, they aren't good articles, but sometimes they're funny. <laughs> Makes me laugh every time I hear it. So, Wade Garrett. Well, thanks for joining us. Wade Wade Garrett. Garrett, yeah, thank you guys. It, like always, it was just fun enough to be on. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's been a blast, my man. Always great. I appreciate it, guys. Anytime. Enjoy the pseudonym and uh, and send us what you write. Uh, yeah, Andrew Lloyd Plunkett or whatever the hell mm-hmm. it is. That's him. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's close enough. Yeah. Of the West Virginia Plunkets. Yep, Lord David. Lord Northwest David Virginia Plunkets. Uh, oh, Andrew Floyd Webster. <laughs> that's <what it's> <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait man. to do that. My editor is going to be like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" Don't <laughs> ask questions. Just publish it. And, th- and then just say it's either, it's either that or Lord David Plunkets. So yeah. I'll be, I'll be like, look, Cyrus, you fucking publish what I write. You got it? And he'll be like, whatever. <laughs> I'm an in from high school. Oh, publish Cyrus. what you write. They give me the top. <laughs> oh. I've never known someone named Cyrus that I trust. <laughs> Not one. Fair. Fair. And on that John note. Mark- John Malkovich. Yeah, yeah the virus. Mm, that, yep. That's good. Stick around for some plugs. I imagine there'll be some. I think there are going to be plugs. There's always plugs. There's always like plugs in the banana Dude, stand. There's plugs. Very nice. Plugs. Nico here. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Chapsnatter, and listen to our twats. Especially from Rob Bass, he will keep you up to date on all the latest and greatest going on with the show. Also, follow us on YouTube, iTunes, and RedTube. The five stars. We love you. Hello, this is Sherlock Holmes. If you can't get enough Cartoon Joe, check out him Check him out on this, this freaking show podcast on uh, Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Get on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash geekcastlive for special content, perks, and that warm, fuzzy feeling that you're doing something awesome and helping out our podcast. We wouldn't be anywhere without you guys, and we look forward to bringing you geeky content for a long time to come.